What's up, guys? Rick here with the betting and one and done preview for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. Over the next few minutes, we'll talk through outright bets, maybe some top five, top 10, and top 20 options for this week. We'll look at some head to head matchups, and then we will go through the one and done plays for this week. Don't forget, there are two live chats on Wednesday on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel, 3 p.m. Eastern time for all things Farmers Insurance Open, whether you want to talk about the waves or questions and answers or ownership, whatever you want, that's your time. And then 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, the Jock Market Power Hour. If you didn't see uh, this morning, Jock Market featured in Yahoo Finance. There's going to be a cash market for the Super Bowl. They're absolutely killing it. I love that I'm a part of it. We will talk through uh, the final hour of IPO for this week's Farmers Insurance Open for their cash market over there. It's a ton of fun. Uh, Otherwise, I don't think I have any more housekeeping items. Like, subscribe, be nice to one another. I don't know. Let's go. Here we go. All right. You're looking at the tournament predictor tool on rickrungood.com. And as I've been, I've been trying to tell you guys over the past couple of weeks, you know, this is something that, um, I really worked hard on this offseason and was going to continue to tweak and will continue to tweak, but I'm really happy with where it stands at the moment. And, and I started doing this. 250 simulations. Then I got it up to 500. This week is the first time I've gotten to a thousand simulations in the model, which is awesome. Uh, also, I think that the the win percentages are uh, much more accurate than they've ever been. You know, at times in the last couple of weeks, I thought it was uh, giving a bit too much credence to the uh, to the studs and to the guys who are really. Not that good, but really volatile, and it seems to have kind of ironed itself out a little bit, and will and will continue to right and and more simulations hopefully in the future. But for this week, uh, in my simulations again, one thousand times, Rory McIlroy won eight point eight percent of the time. Now, unfortunately, depending on the odds that you have, uh, like if you have met nine to one, that is probably not enough value to bet Rory McIlroy. He would still uh, need to win the golf tournament closer to 10.5, 11, 11.5% of the time to really help with that expected value number. It's even worse for John Rahm in my simulations because Rahm, uh, depending on where you're looking, I think William Hill has him at 7.5. Uh, sh- sh- DraftKings Sportsbook has him at about uh, 7.1 to 1. I had him winning my simulation 6.7% of the time, which would be not nowhere near as, as often as he needs to win to pay off his value. While I'm thinking about different books, um, you really should be shopping numbers. You know, there was a number on Billy Horschel this week on DraftKings. He was 33 to 1 on Monday finally back down to 45 to one, uh, but he was 66 to one on FanDuel. I think he had a similar number on William Hill. So really, if you do have access to multiple books, it is worth the few minutes just checking some of the guys that you like uh, to see what those numbers are. And if you haven't signed up um, through my, uh, if you haven't signed up for William Hill yet, and you're in New Jersey, Illinois, or Indiana, there's a few hundred dollars of free bets for you at rickrungood.com slash Will Hill. I'm hoping to be any moment. I'm hoping to be, um, good to go in Michigan, which will be cool. Cause I know a lot of people in Michigan have reached out to me so much appreciated for the support. Uh, it's free bets for you. It helps me. It helps them. So it's a, a win, win, win situation. Uh, the first guy who really offers value 
in my model compared to what the the, the odds makers say is is Adam Scott, and and I I continue to make this caveat with him. Um, he has probably one of the smaller sample sizes over the course of the last year, just because he didn't play all that much in 2020, and when he did, he found victory. So keep that in mind. But I have him winning this tournament about 4.6 percent of the time. If you can get him at 45 to one, which he still currently is. That means he's going to win this golf tournament about 2.2% of the time. So I have him winning twice as often as odds makers are implying he's going to win. So obviously that would be a big deal. And he comes in as uh, my best value or at least the model's best value for this week. I want to talk about some of the guys that just kind of are like my my gut plays, right? Um, I, this is what the model says. Take it for what it's worth, and you can hear what I have to say about who I'm going to be taking, and you can digest all of it and figure it out. But before we do that, I'm just looking at the top five, top 10, and top 20 markets over here for the the best players in this field. And this is really becoming a trend where the top, call it three or four favorites, are almost unbettable in top five, top 10, and top 20 markets. The, The odds makers are truly implying that they're going to finish in those positions a ridiculous percentage of the time. For example, the implied odds for John Rahm to finish inside the top five are almost 35%. That's insane. I know Rahm is great. I know it's Torrey Pines. He's dominated. But there are very few golfers uh, over time, you know, over infinity, that are going to finish inside the top five 35% of the time. It's not going to happen. In my simulation, he finished in the top five 16% of the time, and that's a ton. That's a ton. So uh, what I'm seeing is the worst values for the top golfers are top five, top 10, and top 20 numbers. Now, what I understand, what usually happens and what I do, the way that I dip my toe into those is if I'm going to bet a guy outright, I usually back it up with a top five. Uh, in, in other places outside the United States, that's usually offered as an each way bet where half of your bet goes to the outright number and half of it goes to say the top five or the top six number, uh, depending on the week, depending if it's a major championship, sometimes you can get a really good, sometimes you get a top six. Um, so I usually back it up like that myself, just for situations like we saw last week with Patrick Cantlay, where the guy doesn't win, doesn't cash that outright ticket, but I still get I don't know what he was, three and a half to one or something like that uh, on, on my money for him to finish inside the top five. So it's a slight hedge. But otherwise, if you're, if you're kind of just betting these top five, top 10, top 20 markets for the studs, uh, just, just alone, kind of naked, it's a really tough market. It's a really tough market. And I, I, I don't think it's one I want to be you know venturing into uh, too often. Now, as far as where my gut's at, um, you know, I have a lot of questions about the top of of this board. Uh, talking about John Rahm, who you know had an injury last week or a strain, just something he didn't want to have to play through. Coming back to Tory, getting a really short number. I don't love it. I think I like it. I don't love it. Um, Rory has a lot of question marks. Right? He was great in Dubai for two rounds. He was mediocre for two rounds, which has been the story of Roy McIlroy over the past I don't know year or so. Xander Shoffley, who uh, is one of the hottest players on the planet, has had zero success at Torrey Pines, and it's one of the most consistent courses. So, like, all of these things piling up against the top guys, uh, I actually looked at Brooks Kepka and thought that he was a pretty good bet for this week. You know, I, I saw him at 36 to 1 to open the week. I think you can still get him there. Yeah, you can still get him 36, 37, 38 to 1. And to me, I would much rather have an outright 
on Brooks Kepka than to play him in DFS. Uh, he's a bit more expensive in DFS. I think he's $9,400 on DraftKings. But in outright betting, like I'm very aware that I'm like finishing second or second to last is all the same. So I think that while Brooks Kepka has a ton of win equity, he also has a lot of missed cut equity. And I don't want to risk that in a DFS lineup, but for outrights, I'm like, okay, now now we're talking. I don't care if he misses the cut. He, you know, like it's it's whatever. He has a ton of missed cut equity, a ton of win equity, and that number is much too short, or excuse me, much too long, especially because we're going to a tougher course, uh, a course that's literally going to host the U.S. Open in a few months. I I think I like Kepka in these situations much more, but I don't think I could touch him in 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 fantasy or, or DFS purposes. Also, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to point out Tony Finau only won my simulation one point five percent of the time. Which, by the way, now I know the simulation is accurate, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, his implied odds have him almost closer to five and a half or six. Uh, my model has him at one point five. I'm very happy with the accuracy of it. Uh, I, I'm just kidding. I would never use that as a as a a real thing uh, to look at that. But I, I thought it was funny when when that came out as well. Um, you know, the other guys that at least interest me. Uh, w- I almost said Webb Simpson. Gary Woodland is seventy to one. He did not win my model as often as he needed to, um, because probably because he's getting a lot of negative you know, results from 2020. But if we are willing to say, you know, the injury for Woodland really set him back last year and now he's back and he played well. He got a top 20 last week at the American Express. If we're willing to say he's healthy again, which it looks like he is, and he starts to round into form, Tory should be a good spot for him. It's a place he's had decent success at. Uh, you know, he can hit it long and straight and he doesn't have to hit driver off the tee everywhere if he doesn't want to. It's a it's a big course, though. Um, and, it, and if that's if that's true and he's back, then 70 to one is pretty long. And then the other guys, uh, you know, that I'm interested in, I want to look at the um, some of the top 20 value here, because as I mentioned, with some of the top names, it is generally not a good bet to bet them top 20. Uh, so I would bet some of the, the lesser owned guys. And the one that pops off to me is and continues to be Kramer Hickok. And the thing about Kramer is, uh, first of all, great name. Second of all, he is playing well at the moment. So here's the Holy grail. Let's do strokes gained by tournament. Let's just do 2021 and, uh, let's do, the American Express, and I just want to show you leaders in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, Kramer Hickok led the field in strokes gained off the tee last week. Obviously, that's three measured rounds, but it's the same three measured rounds for everybody. Leads the field in strokes gained off the tee. Then you go to back one more week, and you go to the Sony, and you look at strokes gained off the tee, and Hickok there was fifth in strokes gained off the tee. So you can see he is really moving the ball out there. It's resulted in essentially two top 20 finishes in a row. One was a 21st, I understand that. Uh, And he's on a good stretch of golf. And now he's going to a course that should be, how do I say this? It should exasperate or magnify guys who hit the ball well or hit the ball poorly off the tee. So if he's if he's going to gain another three or four strokes at Torrey Pines off the tee, that goes a long way. So 
I, I'm I'm going right back at it. Top 20, Kramer Hickok, see if he can keep it rolling this week. Those are the types of golfers that I think are are really valuable in the top 20 market. It's not the guys at the top of the betting board because odds makers are giving you just no value whatsoever there. You're almost just kind of, uh, you might as well just bet them outright, quite honestly. Let me see if I can find a couple of head-to-head matchup bets here. Okay, so you're looking at the head-to-head matchups uh, tool, and uh, the first one that caught my eye is the fact that Gary Woodland is a dog to Cam Davis. And I will tell you, um, and, and if you guys have been following along, I'm such a massive massive Cam Davis fan. Just all the raw talent in the world. Love the kid. We saw it last week, but I am pretty bearish on him this week. You know, he gets a really good finish. I think he finished third third or fourth last week. Um, People are aware of him now. He gained like five strokes putting. He holed out for Eagle from the fairway. These are things that are not going to happen every single week. Uh, Now, he is actually a favorite in this matchup against Gary Woodland. If I just look at 2020, remember, Gary Woodland had a pretty bad 2020 season. I wonder if I open this up to 2019, we're going to get less of Davis, but we're going to get a lot more Gary Woodland. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're willing to go longer term on Gary Woodland, if you're willing to say, okay, I think he can rekindle a bit of that 2019 magic or 80% of it or whatever it is, um, he would be a pretty significant favorite in this matchup. He'd be about 61%. The the odds, the money line should be about minus 156. He's minus 106. So I think that, uh, and I think Will Hill has this bet as well, uh, but I'm looking at it on DraftKings, where uh, if, if, if you're looking for long-term, they have the wrong favorite. And we'll see. I, I don't know if Gary's back, but if he is, they have the wrong favorite there. This is a really interesting one. Matt Jones versus Carlos Ortiz. I'll keep the two years just to see. Matt Jones versus Carlos Ortiz. Wow. Razor thin. I, I, wow. I'm not sure I can think of another one recently that we've done where it has been, especially over a two-year period, almost deadlocked. Carlos Ortiz, I have at 50.34% and Matt Jones at 49.66. So Carlos Ortiz should be about minus 101. He is, they're both minus 110. So you couldn't, you could never bet this, but wow. How about that? That is in lockstep. I'm not sure I've seen one like that recently. That's pretty cool. This is a really interesting one. This is the one that uh, I wanted to run. It caught my attention in a big way. Charles Howell III versus Ricky Fowler. And I'm going to keep that two-year thing, which is going to help Ricky. And it's going to be a Ricky 54% favorite to win this. If I change it to 2020, I, I'm going to bet you this flips. Oh, well, it doesn't. Ricky's still pretty good. The only thing that I would consider about this, because I um, I when I first saw this, matchup, I thought, oh boy, it's Charles Howell III and I think we have to smash it. Uh, And the only reason I say that is because Torrey Pines is such a good course history event. It is so consistent year over year. They play the two courses. They play the South three times. They are almost always um, in a similar, the South course plays Oh, the the course itself plays very similar every year. Sometimes you're going to get a little bit of weather like Brad Snedeker's year, but for the most part, plays very similar. The North course has gotten a bit more difficult. Ricky Fowler has been 
objectively very bad here. I think he's missed five of his last seven cuts. The two cuts that he's made were like 60th place finishes. Charles Howell III, 17 trips, 17 cuts made, 18 top 10s. The guy's been an animal here. This is, If I'm ever going to wager anything on Charles Howell, it's during this swing season, right? It's like Sony American Express. Uh, I shouldn't say swing season. That's not what it is. Sony American Express farmers. Like, boom. Let's just do do that do that swing. Um, so interested to see that Fowler comes out on top here, but I my heart does not agree with this one. Does not agree. All right, let's jump over to the one and done. I'll give you an update on the run good one and done real quick. So in the run good one and done, we have a new leader. A storm of shanks on the back of Patrick Cantlay has overtaken Brandon K9 for the lead, and he has opened up about a $600,000 lead. Uh, I believe that's the first time Brandon K9 has not been in the lead for quite some time. Uh, Jay Key is in second. Rex Grant still in the top five. And the Herminator has jumped up into the top five. I'm moving up. There's 363 of us. I'm now 82nd. Thank you, Patrick Cantlay. So I'm I'm making progress. I started off really, really slow. I'm making progress there. Uh, you'll also note that I added um, usage for golfers here. So Sam Burns, whew, bless his heart, ha- is actually the golfer that has been picked most this year than Matthew Wolf, Scotty Scheffler, Sung JM, Russell Henley in the run good one and done. And then finally, if you haven't noticed, I put in the segment standings down here. So we are in segment two. That is going to run through Honda. So there are one, there's like seven more weeks, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more weeks of that. So eight more weeks for segment two, uh, but segment two will also include, no, it won't. Yes, it will. It'll include one more event for segment five, which is the majors and the players. So keep that in mind. So I've got the different standings down here. If you want to go through and check everything out this week, uh, for those of you who are, uh, generally in week three, like I am in, in the big, you know, fantasy golf championships one and done or in their, uh, their high roller one, their, their thousand dollar buy-in, which I had a good week in both last week because I had Patrick Cantlay. Uh, you're only making like your third selection. So you have a lot of options available to you. And I want to present you with something here. The one thing I want to present you with is John Rom. Would you be willing to use John Rom? this early. I am of the mind that you should locate the gas pedal on the right. You should press it in week one and you should never let off of it. Right. I, I don't in general, don't care about saving guys, but Rom is one of those guys that I would want to save. So here's what you have to decide about John Rom. If you're, if you're willing to not use him in a major championship, which you might not be willing to do, if you're not, if you're willing to not use him there, should you consider him here? I would make the case yes. Not only is he the favorite, but the other favorites are quite honestly a lot of question marks. Um, you know, Rory flying back from Dubai and still kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Rory, uh, Tony Finau, is that guy ever going to win again? Xander Shoffley, who has the worst record around here. I mean, those are the biggest competitors at the top of this board for John Rahm, and Rahm has dominated, just dominated. Tory Pines. It's the most natural fit for him. And maybe you're saying, Rick, you idiot, just save him for the U.S. Open. Tory Pines there. Yeah, I get that. And uh, I'm not going to be the only idiot who thinks that, right? Like everybody's going to use John Rahm at Tory Pines in the U.S. Open. If you want to be a little bit different, 
I maybe implore you to consider using him here. I'd so like one, 1.35 million up top for the, for the win. Um, I think that is worth consideration. I don't think you have to do it, but I think it is worth consideration. I'll show you this too. I added a tournaments tool so you can see, you know, average dollars earned um, by start and, and, and ROM in four starts is averaging $581,000. I mean, if he got you that this week, I think you'd have to be pretty happy with it. Um, Snedeker's up here as well, but I mean, we've just seen the wrong side of Snedeker. I, I do think there will be, there will be enough love for Jason Day. So if you're not going with ROM, and I don't blame you for, Jason Day is probably in a pretty good situation. This is an event he's won twice. We haven't seen him in a while. Uh, probably feeling pretty good, pretty fit, pretty healthy. Wouldn't mind that. Wouldn't even mind Ryan Palmer. Ryan Palmer's been f- uh, phenomenal at this event. I don't know. You probably will have to use Ryan Palmer this year. Also, here's a fun little thing. Know the rules of your one and done. I know that sounds crazy. Know the rules of your one and done. Because if your one and done includes the Zurich, the team, the team event and you only have to pick one of the golfers, Rom's probably going to, or uh, Jesus, Ryan Palmer is probably going to play with John Rom again. So that is how I banked. I've done that a couple years in a row, I think, where you only have to burn Palmer, but you get access to Rom, and they're the favorites to win that event, assuming all that goes on on, on again this year. Um, and that's the way that your one and done is set up. So know the rules of your one and done, because you might want to save Palmer, but I have no problem using him here. I have no problem using Harris English here. You know, Harris English is probably fifth or sixth best odds, and if you say there's a lot of question marks with guys at the top, there is a uh, a guy at the very top in John Rom that I want to save, Palmer, or um, I'm really struggling with names this morning. This is crazy. Who am I thinking about? Harris English. Oh my, I've, I need a, more coffee. Harris English, coming off of a win two starts ago, uh, even outside that win, was absolutely phenomenal last year. He's been phenomenal for 18 months. I would not mind that at all. So that's my short list. I've not convinced myself if I'm going to burn Rom or not yet. I find it to be a very difficult decision to make. I don't know the answer to it yet. Um, Usually by this point, when I make this video, I, I have a good idea of who I'm gonna who I'm gonna roster. Not yet, not yet. Wait and see. Uh, digest it for for another day or so. But that'll do it. Farmers Insurance Open. I love this event. I love this course. I love these two courses. Um, join me on Wednesday for two live chats. It'll be a lot of fun. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.